morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4. We're going to continue our series um, entitled Pleasing God. The Bible speaks in numbers of scriptures about the issue of pleasing God. And so we are going through some of these scriptures and uh, coming to a clear understanding of how to please God. Need to get uh, some scriptures. Uh, Josh Wright is going to read our uh, launching scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4.1. And then the scripture for today, uh, Tom Kays is going to read Philippians 4. Uh, off the top of my head, it'll be like 14 through 17. You read the first section. And the next section, Brian, on the screen you'll read, which would be, I think, uh, 18, 19, something like that. When it changes, you read the next section. That's our main for today. Uh, other scriptures, Dennis, you want to read Luke 19, 12, and 13. Diedrich, uh, Matthew 25, 14, and 15. Jeff, uh, Luke 12, 16 through 19. David Sanchez, Luke 12, 20, and uh, 21. Uh, Gary Basham, 1 Samuel 25, 10 and 11. Uh, back here, uh, who's that? Ryan Singleton, Psalms 24, 1. Mick Woodcock, Psalms 50, 10 through 12. Casey Haggai, 2, verse 8. Uh, Steve Garfield, Luke 16, 1 and 2. Stephen, uh, Genesis 12, 2. Another Stephen, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Devin. Uh, Philippians 4, 15, and 16. A few more, and we'll cover several sections over here. Amador, please read for me. Uh, Deuteronomy 24, 19. Al Herman, Hebrews 13, 16. And uh, one more, Noel, can you read for me? Uh, Acts 10, 4 through 6. That'd be Plenty to begin. Okay, let's get our launching scripture. Josh is going to read 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Okay, and this scripture, he uh, he says that when uh, when I was there with you, we, we taught you clearly how to please God. And so our point that we are making is that pleasing God is something that can be understood. Okay, let's look at another section today. Uh, this is Philippians 4, 14 through 19, pleasing God through generosity. Go ahead. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all the all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. All your needs, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, and the key phrase there is what is well-pleasing to God, and this has to do with generosity. Okay, let's begin. Let's talk about resources given. This is where we have to uh, uh, start. The Bible uh, clearly teaches us that every person God blesses with an amount of resources. Luke 19, 12 and 13. Therefore he said, 
a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. Okay, this is uh, one of the parables of the kingdom. Jesus is explaining how does the kingdom of God work? How does God operate in connection with his people? This is how it operates, is God is the uh, the nobleman or the master, the owner in this uh, passage. What does God do for us to every person he entrusts with an amount of money? This is the Bible principle in numbers of scriptures. Many of the parables reiterate that same, it'll be a different setting, but the same basic principle. What does God do for his people? One of the things he does he entrusts you with money or with resources. Matthew 25, 14 and 15. To another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. Immediately, he went on a journey. Okay, here is another parable of the kingdom. We uh, said, first of all, God gives each of us an amount of money. Here's the second principle of God giving us money, and that is that it is not the same amount. For every person here, the, to one he gave five, to another two, another one. And so the amount is not the same. Some of you are uh, uh, getting by perhaps on a, on a pension. Uh, some of you are doing very well in a job or a business and every range in between. So God gives us resources. It is not the same, but God does give us some amount of resources. In this scripture, it tells us uh, two things about why uh, not everybody gets the same amount. He said that for some people, that is an ability issue, is they simply do not have the ability uh, uh, either to make money or they do not have the ability to uh, handle money. So it is an ability issue. It, uh, it secondly is a timing issue. You may not be doing well at this moment in time, but that will change, that will increase it is a matter of timing, so we simply have the principle, this is how God operates. He will entrust you with an amount of money. Now, having said that basic foundation, whatever your amount of resources is, it is very human. It is human nature to, with the resources given, to be selfish. That is very common. You can see that in, in uh, uh, children. It is in there. None of you had to take your children aside and say, listen, when you're playing with other kids, uh, fight and grab all the toys for yourself. They, it's in there, believe me. And uh, this, is, this is just uh, the way it is, is that it, there's something about human nature is that we view the resources that God gives us incorrectly. And uh, when we don't see it incorrectly, it becomes all about us. Luke 12, 16 through 19. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Take to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Okay, this is a, a man, the, the Bible uh, says that his ground, he was a farmer, his ground... Uh, uh, he got a bumper crop, and remember that crops in those days would equal money. This was, and so he has a problem that some of you would like to have, and that is, I have so much, I don't know what to do with it. 
What shall I do with all of this money that God has given? And look at this. The blessing becomes all about him. Six times in the scripture, he says, I, I will build, I will store, I will take my ease. Five times he uses the word my. And so the only plan that he can come up with, with all of the great blessing that God has given is personal blessing, I'll take my ease, and security. Building bigger barns meant that he would be secure for a long time in the future. And so Jesus telling this parable, you got to remember, to the Jews, anyone who was blessed materially or financially, they thought that was because God was happy with them. Is you are blessed, God must really, so he's telling the story, there was a guy, he had a bumper crop, he had so much money, and so they're, they're thinking, man, God loves this guy, and God's answer is, you fool. Because it was all about him. Luke 12, 20 and uh, 21. But God Okay, and so God's opinion of this, if you are given resources and the only plan you have is for yourself, God says you are a fool. We are talking about pleasing God. This is a, uh, an example. He is talking about a spirit that is displeasing to God. This is very displeasing if the only plan you have is for you, for personal blessing and uh, for personal uh, security. First Samuel 25, 10 and 11. Okay, uh, this is a man, his name is uh, Nabal. King David and his men have been uh, watching over. They've been living in the wilderness, hiding from Saul. And as one of the consequences of them uh, being there is they're providing protection for this man's uh, uh, crops, for this man's herds. This is uh, uh, what he was doing for uh, to make a living. And so consequently... It is because of David and his men that he is doing so well. The animals are not uh, attacking his flock. The marauders or raiders are not coming in and taking uh, and stealing his resources. So now David, in a time of need, he goes and he says, Listen, we've been helping you out. Uh, the men here, they have nothing to eat. And so he says, Would you... Uh, would you give something for my men so they can eat? And Nabal replies, because it's all about him, he says, why should I take of my resources, my hard-earned, I worked for this, why would I take of what belongs to me and give it away? Why would I, why, why would I care about what's, what do you need? That, that, that's your problem. I worked hard for mine. And this made sense to him, but the Bible takes pain to note his name is Nabal, which means fool. 
his wife is married to him. And she says, David, don't take it personally. His name is fool. He is a fool. Believe me. I live with a guy. And again, here's uh, two instances in the Bible where someone who is a fool, someone who's displeasing to God, and it is connected to their view of resources, what I make, what I am given, what I earn, or however your income or your resources have come into your hand, why would I want to let go of that for anybody else when I have plans, when I have needs? It's personal blessing. It is security. And the Bible says, as a matter of fact, that it's so displeasing to God that that night uh, his heart turned to stone and uh, he died very shortly uh, after that. We have uh, another instance. We don't, we don't have the scripture, but just uh, retelling. Jesus tells another parable that uh, would have shaken the sensibilities of the Jews. That's we commonly call it the parable of the Good Samaritan, a man who's beaten and robbed and left for dead on the uh, Jericho Road. And as Jesus is telling the story to Jews, he tells of a priest and a Levite who come across this man in the Jewish mindset. These would be the natural heroes of the story. But Jesus says there's something about them they didn't care enough to share. They walked on by, and it's not until a Samaritan, which was the despised race, he should have been the villain of the story, and instead he cares enough to share. He takes of his own resources to meet this man's needs, then takes him to an inn. He pays money, and he says, and if, if he takes any more money, the next time I'm through, I'm willing to pay more. I'm willing to give. And Jesus is pointing this out. He says, the first two, that is not pleasing to God. You claim to be in right relationship with God, but it does not affect your view of resources. In your view of money, there is no plan to help or to share or to be generous with other people. And, and God says that is not acceptable. So this is the principle of resources that are given. This is where we have to uh, have a foundation before we can get into uh, our scripture. Okay, let's open for, for questions. Any questions or comments about that so far? Very simple principle so far. Anything you want to add? John? Well, my well, I, I think uh, I think very very simple. So we'll we're going to get into the issue of generosity. As you have, uh, what we have to factor in is the um, we have to factor in two two issues. You're actually getting it to to it sooner than I was intending, but that's fine. We'll tackle it now. Uh, one is. Uh, the fact of limited resources. In other words, you can pour unlimited money into the world's needs as a whole. In other words, as we do, we send hundreds of billions of dollars in aid that will never change a thing. The poor you have with you always, it's a culture of corruption, et cetera, et cetera. That's unlimited when we have limited resources. The second uh, principle is that, um, I should have pulled up the scripture, uh, is that Paul does qualify in one of the, one of the epistles. He says, uh, uh, about doing good, especially those of the household of faith. And so he is uh, speaking is that there is plenty of need, um, 
uh, with uh, uh, within uh, the congregation. That's that's a qualifying factor. The third thing, and that's just my personal uh, uh, dealings, having lived, I, I pastored in an area of uh, extreme drug addiction, and uh, Footscray was a heroin uh, uh, center, so you're constantly being hit up by uh, drug addicts, and then uh, in South Africa, you have great poverty mixed with high alcohol and, and drug addiction, so it's a constant appeal for money. So I finally came to, is, is very very simple rules, is, uh, is number one, is if a person is manipulative uh, about this, if they're trying to make you feel bad, right? You're, you're a Christian, you must, is absolutely not. I'll give you nothing, is I don't manipulate, because that's the mooch factor, right? In American English, we call those mooches, right? These are people who have no sense of responsibility and want to live off of other people, not in any sense of gratitude. Is, is I get calls from uh, on a regular basis. Uh, they get a hold of uh, my number as the pastor asking for money. And it's astounding how sweet and kind they are while they're asking until I say no. And then see what comes out of their mouth. And that's a, it's a true spirit. So I, because I, I had, in other words, I could drain my pocket every single day in South Africa. So I finally got to where if this person uh, um, is uh, manipulative and they have no, uh, hesitation in, in trying to get money out of people, and that's their pattern of life. I won't do that because it's not going to change in there. There are other people who uh, that I could. So stewardship is directing it wisely. So the answer is not, I'm not going to share because there are mooches in the earth. The answer is, I'm going to direct it wisely. I'm going to avoid the mooches and find people who who genuinely need. Casey, what are you going to say? That's that's definitely true. As I said, is that it's not supposed to be that you're not going to share. It's just simply directing it wisely. That's the key, Jeff. Well, I had two comments. The first one's kind of along this line. Before they had welfare system in the United States, um, people would would be generous with people coming through town if they were in need. You know, they'd give them a room and have to work, and then they feed them stuff, maybe help them up in the town. Churches were greatly responsible for this, this also, but there's a difference between the needy and the bums. The bums, they would shuffle on out of town, go somewhere else. They wouldn't give them anything. So it wasn't quite as uh, it wasn't quite as good to be a bum that day. But the other thing I was going to say is I'm really glad for tithing. Uh, and offerings to the church Yeah, 
know, so that that is a valid thing. Uh, okay. I remember when Sonny and I first got married, there was a couple of emails that came to the church got saved. It wasn't very long we discovered that they were masters. They knew every church in town, every organization that would give money, and they had a set schedule. They actually were able to pay all their bills and rent every month, um, just living off of donations from churches and organizations. I, was, I remember getting very jaded real quick, like, this is stupid. And, you know, these people, every time you try to help somebody, and, and begin to also learn that a lot of these kind of people, the more you help, the more they want, and the more they despise you for having money and for helping you. And all the time they're asking for more. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. So I began to fight this huge battle on the inside, you know, having to say, you know what, not everybody's like that. And watching Pastor Mitchell be burned and ripped off, but he still had a heart to help because not everybody is a loser that's going to do it. So there's this constant tension between always having to provide for my needs, but remembering God's always faithful for people in my path. And I find that's one of the hardest things to always not be cynical about helping people. The trick when battling dragons is to not become one yourself. <laughs> the key we had on uh, it was this Sunday, Wednesday night. We had uh, some people come in, visitors uh, came into the door. At the door, uh, uh, hit us up for money. Do we have uh, uh, hotel coupons or or something? And when I said no, I, I looked around them. They left. They have no, they have no intention of having any relationship with us. They don't. They don't want to be a part of us. They don't know. They simply come for money. And when and we uh, did not immediately start throwing $100 bills at them, then uh, then they're out the door. And so that is not wise giving. But as Phil is saying, you cannot let that, because of that, I'm not giving to anybody. That, that would be incorrect. Dwayne? So what do you think they actually wanted the money for, Dwayne? <laughs> I can. <laughs> Drugs, alcohol, right? So that comes into the wise stewardship. I don't I don't believe that you should be supporting uh, people to help them with their addiction. That's another. Okay, I can see. I'm going to get your Republican juices here flowing. Let's let's move on. Okay, let's talk about the principle of sharing here. So, God gives each of us an amount of money, and uh, uh, selfishness is not acceptable. Here's the then the uh, the next principle. God, according to the Bible, is the true owner of our finances. It may be in your hands. You worked. It came into your pocket. But the Bible says biblically how God views it. It belongs to him. Psalms 24, verse 1. Everything belongs to God, that scripture says. Psalms 50, 10 through 12. Okay. The cattle on a thousand hills, those, uh, uh, we'd say that those, uh, that livestock belong to somebody, and God says, no, I am the true uh, owner. Haggai 2, verse 8. 
Okay, God clearly makes a claim. He's writing to people. They have money in their money bags, in their purses, and God says, it belongs to me. That is ultimately. So, the Bible word that God views us, uh, that uh, is used, uh, that talks about how God views us is, we are stewards. A steward means what? What is a steward? Carol? Manager, a steward. We are managers. We are expected to manage the money that God gives us on His behalf or for His purposes. He expects us to use those resources He gives. Your resources might be small, might be large. He expects you to use it for His purposes. Luke 16, 1 and 2. Okay, this is now reinforcing the scriptures that we read earlier uh, in the lesson is, this is how it worked in those days. A wealthy man would place his resources. I'm going away. I have to travel. I'm going on a business trip. Whatever he's doing, you manage my money on my behalf. So what should you be doing with that money while the master is gone? Whatever is his purpose. You have to keep that in mind. And so uh, this scripture that we just read is uh, the owner comes back and he hears that this man is wasting his goods, his money. And so he says, we we have to talk about this. It's not acceptable that you're using this not for uh, my uh, benefit. So one of the issues here is that God expects us to benefit or to bless other people uh, uh, with our money and our resources. Genesis 12, verse 2. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Okay, here is a foundational principle. The father of the faith is Abraham. God says, I am going to bless you, Abraham. Why? Because I am concerned that your stereo is three years old, because I'm concerned that you don't have the latest and the greatest. That's not why I'm going to bless you because I want you to, to outshine your neighbor and to uh, be the most happening person on your block. That's not why. He says, I am going to bless you so you will be a blessing. That is the most foundational principle of, uh, of resources is we bless or benefit other people. First Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Okay, he's writing. He says one of the the marks of of uh, when God blesses us with resources, that what can come is pride or superiority. And uh, he says you charge if you have uh, people in the congregation who have resources, you charge them. Don't put their trust in riches, but in God. But then he says, let them do good and be rich in good works, ready to give and willing or ready to share is that other people are going to get the benefit of your resources, not just you. Okay, two major areas of, uh, of uh, sharing in the Bible. Number one, according to our scripture, our launching scripture today, people are to be blessed through our giving to the work of God. This is what Jeff uh, said, Philippians 4, 15 and 16. 
Okay, this is uh, Paul. He has uh, been uh, uh, pastoring, been establishing a base of ministry in, in Philippi. He says, God has called me. I am going to go and establish works in other places. And these people said, Paul, we will take our resources and we will help you to minister in other places. That is exactly what we do. As Jeff says in our offerings here, you're going to hear reports this morning of outreaches. That's what we do. When you tithe, when you give uh, for outreach and evangelism in our congregation, we take those resources and we invest it in the work of God. We make it possible for other people to uh, hear the gospel. That is a primary method of sharing your resources with uh, other people. We, you are uh, supporting uh, uh, missions. There are workers that are overseas, and Paul was going to other nations, and uh, the Philippians are saying, we believe in the work of God. These We don't know these people, but we believe God has given us blessing. We want to bless other people with the gospel. And so literally, he's talking about the issue of world evangelism. In this case, is they're investing in missions. But there's a second issue. I don't want you to uh, stop there. The second issue that is very clear in the Bible, because it is possible that we can come and say, I've done my giving. My giving is I give in the offering and I'm finished. That's all I have to do. Biblically, not so. Now, I want to impress this upon you. Is that biblically, God does expect you to personally share and bless other people uh, uh, by our resources. Deuteronomy 24, 19. Okay, he's writing to people who are farmers. This is going to be their primary source of income. And he puts in eternal law. He says, I want you to factor in when you are about to go in and harvest your crop. I want you to be thinking of people who are in need, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. In this case, he says, if if, if uh, something drops off, you don't. I want you to deliberately leave that. You are going to factor in that other people are in need. Hebrews 13, 16. Okay, do not forget to do good and to share. And remember this uh, uh, lesson is on pleasing God. The Bible says people who do that God is well pleased with that. James 2, 15 and 16. Brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or food. If you say to that person, God be with you, I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat. But you do not give that what that person needs. Your words are worth nothing. Okay, and so uh, the qualifying factor or the phrase here, in other words, does that mean we should open soup kitchen and go down to Granite Creek Bridge and pass out food every day? This scripture says a brother or sister in Christ. There's a qualifying factor because we can we can give money to drunks all day long every day. We can bankrupt the church giving to drunks and drug addicts. But that's not what he's talking about. He says there in the congregation are needs that you could do something uh, about. Now, think about this. We had a uh, some weeks back I, I uh, preached 
uh, on Jehovah Jireh. I had you write down your prayer requests. We have a, a prayer list. I don't know if there's any more at the back. So think about this. There are people right now who are praying for a miracle. They need God's intervention in finances right now. That, that prayer list is specifically financial in one way or another. Think about this. You may be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Yeah, you're praying, oh God, you're going to help my brother and sister. But you may be the, the physical or the literal answer. Acts 10, 4 through 6. Okay, so that this is uh, Cornelius is praying. He apparently was praying for, in this case, he's praying for his uh, family. He's praying for his friends, and his prayer is interrupted. Wait a minute, Cornelius, there is an answer to your prayer. His name is Peter. Think about that. You could be an answer to somebody's prayer. Let me, let me ask, first of all, how many of you here, at some point in your life, you have been desperate praying to God, and somebody intervened financially and, and blessed you? You've had that. Okay. So somebody was an answer to your prayer. How many of you, that was blessing came and you didn't have to hint and beg and... Okay, that's even better. <laughs> sure wish I could have some. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, you are an answer to somebody's prayer. And the benefits of that, let me just say the benefits of that. Go on. Let me give you one, uh, one real life uh, uh, example. Um, uh, when, when, uh, when I asked, uh, uh, Adam and Jennifer Porter about coming, uh, on staff, they were going to help with follow up and, and that, uh, one of the questions I asked was about debt. And I, uh, asked him, cause if, if, if someone is not in control of their debt and regulating their finances, then they don't qualify. And so he said, Pastor, I have always been in debt. Uh, my whole life. And he said, there came a time when my wife and I, we said, we want to get out of debt. And we began to pray, God, we need your help. And then he related just a number of, of stories, just two of them that I can remember off the top of my head. And uh, and probably somebody in the congregation, he said at one time, the his wife's car, uh, the tires were, uh, you know, so worn, they were uh, showing through. And uh, apparently somebody in the congregation went and bought tires and, and left them on the lawn and and, uh, and, and met a need, saw the need. Adam wasn't going and begging for it apparently, but saw a need and met this need and, uh, had, had tires put on the car. And then it came to where, uh, they're paying off their debt. It's coming down and coming down. And somebody came up to them, uh, in a conference and asked him, how much do you owe? You're in debt, aren't you? How much do you owe? And he said, I want you to write it down. And he said he was embarrassed and didn't want to do it. And he said, his wife said, don't be stupid, write it down. <laughs> he wrote it down, the, the amount that, uh, 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 that he owed. And the, the next day, the person came to him and took it. And he said, do you want that in cash or a check? And gave and paid off their debt, not knowing that it would only be a couple months later, I would be asking whether or not he can come on staff, are you in debt? 
Now, when he told me that story, the other issue is that is that I uh, took him with me, went and preached in a, a men's um, men's meeting in Romania, and he is now telling stories. Perhaps I I don't know. He didn't tell me who those people were, and that's good because you'd be lining up at their seat afterwards. But uh, um, uh, so here now in another country. He is encouraging people to believe God. He said, God answers prayer, but there was somebody who was the answer. Right? The answer wasn't just $100 bills floated out of heaven. Somebody, God moved on their heart and said, God has blessed me. And I don't know how they came to that conclusion. They said, I need, I can change their situation. I can help and brought about a, a, a blessing. That is a biblical principle. So don't stop. At, I give an offering, therefore I'm finished. You need to give an offering, and that's the most important. I've had people tell me, well, I don't tithe because I give to other people. That's a cop-out. I don't think so. Okay? And so, but here is the, the issue you need to factor in. Paul writes to the Philippians. He said, you people saw my need, and you met the need. You were my answer to uh, prayer. Okay, we're going to move to the final uh, section in just a moment. Let's open for questions or uh, comments at that point. Then we'll move on. Something else. Dwayne? God. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Kelly? Sure. George? Yeah, 
Praise God. So a simple question is, in your prayer time, is, do you ever ask God, is there a need that you need to meet? That would be a, a key question. He said that God told Masella Burgess. Okay, I need some more scriptures here. Some other people. Paul is going to read Philippians 4:18. Uh, Woody is going to read Hebrews 13:16. Uh, Woody Senior <coughs> is going to read Philippians 4:17. Excuse me while I choke. Uh, Bear, uh, Adam, uh, uh, Adam is going to read Acts 10:4. Acts 10:4. Uh, some others. Daniel McCarty, can you read for me, please? Proverbs 19, 17. Tim Miller, Proverbs 11, 25. Luke, Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. Uh, Joel Morrison, Isaiah 58, uh, 8 and 9. And John Mazon, Isaiah 58, 10 and 11. Okay. We're, our final thought then is the results of sharing. What happens when God's people are generous? Our scripture is very plain that giving and sharing is pleasing to God. Philippians 4, 18. Indeed, I have all other things except you will sacrifice well pleasing to God. Okay, and uh, he says that this is well pleasing to God. He says it's a sweet smelling aroma. Why do you think that God says that? What's the deal with your giving smells good? What do you think, Woody? Drawing on the tradition of burning incense in, in the various religious activities of the Jews, and that was, you know, that was a sacrifice. It, it was the time of the sacrifice. You know, you also not only did you have the which was, you know, burned in the fire and stuff like that. And God always says, you know, I, I, I have, I have seen your sacrifices, and it has come up before me as a sweet-smelling savor, and, and 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 that is pleasing to God. And He's drawing upon that that picture for these people from their you know, so okay, so you're getting okay. You're getting deep. Let me let me. When something smells good, what does that what does that make it to you? Something that smells good makes it what, Mike? Pleasing, yes. What else, Anthony? Appealing, yes. It makes it attractive, right? You ever you ever been walking? Somebody's cooking something good, and mm, you want to come there, right? Some of you here, I, I still, I still, when I am in a, a department store, I can pass by and they have the, uh, uh, the first perfume that I ever smelled uh, on my wife. And to this day, it still triggers very nice memories. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's why ladies do this, right? Make themselves attractive in some way. Now, some overdo it and choke the life out of everybody else. But <laughs> so the point is, God says... Giving makes you attractive. That is one point that is in the in the pleasing bit. Uh, bit. Uh, Hebrews thirteen sixteen. But do not forget to do good and to share with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. Okay, so well pleased. Here's two scriptures: is that giving or sharing is well pleasing, not just pleasing. This he adds to this very much. This makes God happy. Why is giving and sharing? Why does that please God? Why? Rather than just say, yeah, that's good. Why? Think about it. Why would giving or sharing be pleasing to God, Rob? It reflects because we are like Him. Is that what you're saying? Okay, so it pleases Him because we are choosing to be like Him. Yes, that's a very good point. Very good point. Somebody else? Casey? Uh, it shows a heart that is different 
And so, but why? Why is the heart different? Okay, well, taking on his values. Yeah, that's true. Sis? Okay, so it's, it's, uh, it depends on what he can do for us, she's saying. So when we're generous, he is able to help us more, bless us more, which he likes. Go ahead. Going off of what Rob said is that uh, being Christ-like is that God ultimately gave for the cross. Uh, okay, yeah, you're adding more to what Rob said. That's true. Get practical. What are the practical benefits of when we are generous? What happens when we're generous? Uh, Reese, what were you going to say? Okay. Okay, it boosts their faith, and not only their faith, but other people. As I said, so think about this. Is uh, Adam Porter to this day refers back to the time when people blessed him in the congregation or somebody met his need, and that becomes a reference point of what God can do in his life. And other people's faith is is benefited because of the original gift. So it, there's a multiplying power which our scripture talks about. Dietrich? It furthers the will of God because you mentioned about uh, Adam. Because of that, he's able to come on staff. A whole bunch of things came out of that. And so the giving both... Okay, the work of God, it goes forward. I thank God. I don't know if you, you know that in the, in the current economy, very common numbers of churches around town have had to cut back on everything. They say, we can't afford that. They've cut back on staff, cut back on programs. Sorry, we can't afford that. Is that we've not cut back on anything. Is we've continued. In other words, we have people who are depending. They're overseas and we haven't had to say, hey, the economy's tough. We're not giving anymore. Sorry, we can't we can't outreach anymore. Is the work of God goes forward when we're generous, sister? I think it strengthens the body of Christ because it strengthens the relationship. Yep. Okay, it strengthens the body of Christ because it strengthens relationship. Yes. And there no doubt is uh, is more. Okay, let's look at the results if God is pleased with us. Number 1, there's a multiplying reward credited to us. Philippians 4:17. Not because I desire a gift. But I... Okay, Paul says, listen, I, it's not just paying the bills, but he says when you give, it's credited to your account. Some of you, you have no concept. You you give and because uh, you're putting it in a plate, but you don't realize it's going, and there are people overseas that they're doing outreaches, they're planting churches, and it, the Bible says it is racking up, it is multiplying to uh, to your account and uh, uh, he says this is, number one, it is recorded. Listen, God writes down what you give. An account. This is an accounting term. He wrote it down. He's going to write down what you put in the offering today. And number two is it grows and multiplies. You invested in, Lisa and I, we went to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, area of Eldorado Park, and, and uh, numbers of people are, are saved, and, uh, uh, many people attending the church now. But churches are planted, and they're getting people saved, but that's still being credited to your account because you invested in the first place. Then they started planting in other nations. He told me that uh, uh, to the rally, they planted a church in the nation of Lesotho in September. He said the rally brought 14 people on uh, uh, there. And some of you, you're never going to go to Lesotho. You know nothing about Lesotho, but the Bible says on your account, God recorded the original, and now it's, it's multi. You talk about compound interest. It's racking up to your account. Number two is we gain God's ear or gains help in a time of need. Acts 10, verse 4. 
Okay, God interrupts his prayers that you have God's ear because of what you've done with finances. Proverbs 19, 17. Okay, we give to people not because they're going to give us, uh, bless us again. The Bible says you lend it to God. He's the one who repays in a time of need. Proverbs 11, 25. Okay, you give out, it comes back to you. There's a benefit, a return. Why? Because God has uh, seen to it and, and recorded. Isaiah 58, 6 through 7, then each one reads 6 and 7, 8 and 9, then 10 and 11. Go ahead. Is this not the path that I have chosen to lose the bond of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your blood with the hungry, see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself in your own flesh? Okay, hold on just for a second. His, here were people, they were very proud. They didn't do uh, hardly anything right, but they said, we fast a lot. And God says, listen, what I really would like you to do is, is uh, share. That would really be helpful if that was a part of your uh, uh, financial outlook uh, uh, in life. Isaiah 58, 8 and 9. Then your life shall bring forth life and your healing shall bring forth speed, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. <clears throat> uh, you should keep reading. Then you shall come up and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. And then the next person, keep on reading. Okay, and so this scripture says, if you do this, then this is what happens. And he says, then the Lord uh, will go before you. Healing will come forth speedily. Uh, you will cry. In other words, you'll pray and God will say, here I am. Why? Because he says, I saw what you did in, in uh, giving. If you extend your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted, then your light will shine. God says, I will cause there to be uh, uh, an exalting. I will cause there to be guidance. You, you study the whole thing. I'm just only skimming the surface. And then we see many, many stories in the Bible of people who gave. And then God, they had God's ear. And it released miracle powers on their behalf. Uh, we've run out of time. We're going to stop there. Service will start at 1030. God bless you.